It was the summer of 586 BCE in the ancient Judean capital of Jerusalem. Normally, the ancient Israelites would be preparing for their most important holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But instead, the city was on fire. King Nebuchadnezzar II of the Neo-Babylonian Empire had besieged the city for three years. Now, finally, the Israelite defenses fell. Foreign soldiers tore down Jerusalem's walls and swarmed the city streets. Nebuchadnezzar's forces lit homes on fire, destroyed the royal palace, and massacred hundreds of thousands of Israelites. The chief of Nebuchadnezzar's army brought his men into the city's most sacred place, the temple. The holy building was the center of religious and cultural life for the kingdom. The Israelites believed there was no place on earth closer to God. And the Babylonian soldiers plundered it, stealing anything they could find. The warriors discovered a small secret room in the inner sanctum of the temple. Inside, wreathed by swirling incense smoke, was the most valuable treasure in the kingdom. It was a large chest made of acacia wood. Two cherub sculptures sat atop its golden lid. It was the most powerful religious artifact in the world, the Ark of the Covenant. And after the Babylonians left the temple in 586 BCE, it was never seen again. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we examine history's most compelling mysteries. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our first episode on the Ark of the Covenant. According to biblical lore, this legendary artifact contained the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. This time, we'll cover the origin of the Ark, a treasure that has supposedly been missing for over 2,500 years. We'll hear the stories of its construction, its powers, and how the ancient Israelites used it to conquer the Promised Land. Next time, we'll discuss the millennia-long search for the Ark, from its disappearance until today. We'll follow possible leads from around the world to find out whether or not the Ark could be hiding right under our noses. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The Ark of the Covenant story stretches across thousands of years of human history, bridging the divide between archaeological fact and mythological legend. Its reported origins can be traced back to the prophet Moses around 1280 BCE in the Sinai Peninsula of modern-day Egypt. According to religious tradition and the book of Exodus, the Egyptian pharaohs had enslaved the Hebrews for generations. But around the 14th century BCE, God ordered Moses to rescue them from bondage and lead them to the Promised Land. This was roughly the location of modern-day Israel today on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. According to the book of Genesis, God promised this country to Abraham, the Hebrews' forefather. After narrowly escaping the Pharaoh's military and crossing the Red Sea, Moses and the Hebrews found themselves in the desert. Desperate for answers on what to do next, Moses brought his followers to the base of Mount Sinai to wait for God's instructions. After three days, God appeared disguised as a dense cloud atop the mountain. He struck the earth with fire and lightning. Deafening horns sounded from the summit. God spoke to Moses and the Hebrews, declaring that a set of ten unbreakable commandments would govern them. He then told Moses to meet him at the summit of Mount Sinai. Moses ascended the mountain where he communed with God for forty days and forty nights. God gave the prophet further instructions on how priests should function, how the Israelites should make sacrifices, and how to build a portable temple called a tabernacle. God then gave Moses two stone tablets carved with the Ten Commandments. Moses was then instructed to build an ark to house this covenant between him and the Hebrews. God's commands were precise. The ark was to be built from acacia wood, exactly two and a half cubits long and one and a half cubits wide, the equivalent of about four feet by two feet. Two golden cherubs would sit at either end, and a cover made of gold would seal the entire chest. With his instructions and the two stone tablets in hand, Moses emerged from Mount Sinai and returned to the Israelites. But what he found horrified him. In his 40-day absence, the Israelites had begun worshiping a golden calf statue, something that the Ten Commandments explicitly condemned. The prophet became so enraged by the flagrancy of their sins, he smashed the stone tablets at the foot of the mountain and destroyed the statue. After admonishing his followers for their veneration, Moses once again ascended Mount Sinai to get a new set of tablets. This time, he had to carve them himself. From here, biblical stories diverge. According to the book of Deuteronomy, God commanded Moses to return to the summit of Mount Sinai with his own wooden ark and two blank stone tablets. When God rewrote the Ten Commandments onto the stone, the tablets were placed inside the simple wooden chest. 
However, other sources claim the tablets were placed into the first Ark. As a result, the exact contents of the Ark of the Covenant, and whether there were two, or possibly even more made, has been debated for thousands of years. Regardless, the stories largely agree on what happens next. Soon after construction finished, the Israelites approached the Promised Land's border. But when they realized other people populated the country, they began to doubt God's promise. Taking over the area seemed almost impossible. Angered by their skepticism, God cursed Moses and the Israelites to wander in the desert for 40 more years before they could return to the Promised Land. During those 40 years, the Ark became the center of religious life for the nomadic group. They kept the Ark in the portable tent temple known as the Tabernacle. They believed God's Spirit dwelt within the Tabernacle and used the Ark as a vessel to communicate with Moses. When they traveled, the Israelites carried the Ark in a vanguard about a kilometer ahead of the rest of the tribe. It wasn't just symbolic. The Ark actually guided the Israelites. Pillars of clouds appeared above the Ark, pointing them towards shelter. But the Ark was also rumored to be extremely dangerous. It was supposedly so powerful that a single mistake could mean death. None of the Israelites except for Moses, his brother Aaron, and Aaron's sons were allowed to be in the Ark's presence. If anyone else dared to step into the tabernacle and gaze inside the Ark, or worse, touch it, they would be killed instantly. And God could still strike down the few allowed in the Ark's presence just as easily. According to the book of Leviticus, Moses' two nephews tried to make an offering to the Ark. Normally, priests left a sacrifice for God, setting it on fire using flames from a nearby altar. But the young men burnt their offering using a strange fire that they kindled themselves. As punishment, the ark burned them to a crisp, and they died. Other stories elaborated on the ark's powers in the desert. According to the Talmud, a collection of Jewish theological writings, the Ark blasted streams of fire at scorpions or snakes that threatened the Israelites. Another account claimed that the men didn't actually lift the Ark. Instead, the carriers themselves levitated an inch off the ground, influenced by the Ark's power. And the relic protected the Israelites as they wandered through the desert for 40 years. Around 1240 BCE, the Israelites reached the edge of Canaan, their promised land. Moses climbed to the top of Mount Nebo in modern-day Jordan. There, he looked out onto the land that would soon belong to the Israelites. But in a bittersweet moment, God told Moses that he could never cross over into it. Shortly after, Moses died, just miles from the promised land. A man named Joshua succeeded Moses as the Israelite destined to lead the nomads into Canaan. The only thing stopping him was the Jordan River. The Israelites camped for three days on the riverbanks, waiting for a sign to enter the Promised Land. On the morning of the third day, a group of priests proclaimed the Ark of the Covenant would lead them across. 
The Israelites were confused, unsure how they were supposed to traverse the river without boats. But Joshua reassured them that their God would do wonders. The priests carried the Ark of the Covenant to the edge of the Jordan River and took their first steps into the stream. Similar to how the Red Sea had parted for Moses when the Israelites escaped Egypt, the waters receded and split, revealing dry land. The Ark had granted them a miracle. As soon as the last person stepped onto the Jordan River's western bank, the water rushed back into place. The Israelites had made it to the Promised Land, but their journey was far from over. Even though God had delivered them to the country, they still had to conquer it. Luckily, the Israelites knew that the Ark wasn't just for communicating with God or navigating through the wilderness. It could also be used as a weapon. Coming up, the Israelites wield the Ark of the Covenant's powers against their enemies. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo Challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. The ancient city of Jericho sat on the banks of the Jordan River just north of the Dead Sea. Most scholars believe the Israelites arrived outside the walled citadel around 1240 BCE. According to religious texts, after decades of wandering in the desert, the Israelites were exhausted. They certainly weren't prepared for a battle and Jericho's fortified walls were far too strong to destroy. Conquering the city would be difficult. The citizens of Jericho saw the Israelites approaching and prepared for battle. They shut the gates, preventing anyone from entering or leaving their city. But the Israelites had a secret weapon, the Ark of the Covenant. 
Joshua led the Israelite warriors and priests up to the impregnable walls of Jericho. For six days, the priests circled the city with the ark. As they did, they blew seven trumpets made of ram's horns. On the seventh day, Joshua instructed the Israelites to shout with all their might. And as their voices roared, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Joshua led the Israelites past the broken walls and into Jericho. They killed every single man, woman, child, and animal in their path. Rivers of blood ran through the streets. Before long, the unconquerable city fell at their feet. The Israelites continued their conquest of Canaan over seven years, using the Ark of the Covenant's divine power to help them. Immediately after the Battle of Jericho, the Israelites gave the Ark of the Covenant a permanent home. Around 1240 BCE, they placed it in a small temple in a city called Shiloh, northwest of Jericho. As the story goes, it stayed there for over 100 years until Israelite leaders called on the Ark to fight another formidable opponent, the Philistines, who lived on the southern coast of Canaan but were expanding into Israelite lands. Around 1070 BCE, the Philistines dealt the Israelites a devastating blow. War erupted, and the Israelites lost 4,000 men. Desperate to defeat the Philistines, the Israelites brought the Ark of the Covenant out from the temple at Shiloh, and once again, they marched with the Ark into battle. When the Philistines learned what was happening, they nearly lost hope. They believed it would be nearly impossible to defeat the Israelites' powerful God, but they armed themselves and fought anyway. Despite the Ark's presence, the Philistines proved victorious. After losing 30,000 additional soldiers, the Israelites retreated, and their loss was compounded by an unspeakable theft. The Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines then brought their plunder to the city of Ashdod on the Mediterranean coast. They placed the Ark of the Covenant in a temple devoted to their fish god Dagon, but the Ark and the Israelite God who resided within did not take kindly to being captured. The next morning, the Philistines discovered their statue of Dagon face down in front of the Ark of the Covenant. It looked as if the fish god was bowing before the treasure. The Philistines returned the idol to its old home, but the following day they found the statue of Dagon once again laying on the ground before the Ark. This time, something had broken off their god's head and hands. This was just the beginning of the Philistines' trouble. Soon after, a plague swept through Ashdod. Villagers were struck with painful hemorrhoids. Assuming the Ark was the source of their curse, the people of Ashdod sent the treasure to another Philistine city, Gath. Gath fared no better. God's wrath targeted them too apparently smiting numerous Philistines to death. The ones who survived developed hemorrhoids and tumors, so the Ark was given to a third city, Ekron. Like the others, God cursed Ekron with widespread panic and death. A sea of mice ran through their lands. 
those who survived were once again left with tumors and hemorrhoids. After seven months of punishment, God's vengeance drove the Philistines to their knees. They remembered the plagues God sent to Egypt hundreds of years earlier. Before Moses and the Exodus, when the Pharaoh refused to free the Israelites from slavery, God punished Egypt with ten escalating curses. Rivers turned to blood, fire rained from the sky, and every Egyptian's firstborn son died. The Philistines desperately wanted to avoid a similar fate. So in 1070 BCE, less than a year after the theft, the Philistines returned the ark to the Israelites and the nearby town of Beth Shemesh. They also delivered a peace offering, five golden mice and five golden hemorrhoids. But the Israelites of Beth Shemesh were so overjoyed to see the ark return that they looked inside the chest and God immediately smote most of the town's inhabitants. Reeling from the violence wrought by the ark, the surviving citizens of Beth Shemesh passed it on to the city of Kiriath-Jearim. It remained there for decades. During that time, around 1030 BCE, the Israelites formed a united monarchy under King Saul. For almost 200 years, the Israelites had lived as a loose association of tribes. Under Saul's leadership, they expanded their influence and defended their land. Around 1010 BCE, Saul's successor, King David, ascended to the throne. He decided to bring the Ark to Jerusalem, the new capital of the Israelite kingdom. And because of its significance, King David personally traveled to Kiriath-Jerim to oversee the operation. David entrusted the task of transporting the Ark itself to Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of a man who had watched over the Ark in his home for 20 years. The two brothers carefully loaded the Ark onto an ox-drawn cart and began the two-day journey to Jerusalem. According to the book of Samuel, along the way, the oxen swayed the cart and Uzzah accidentally placed his hand on the ark to steady it. In response, God struck Uzzah dead. Horrified by Uzzah's death and afraid of the ark's power, King David pulled into a nearby town. The ark remained there for three months before David tried to move it again. The king wanted to build a permanent house for the ark, but according to the Old Testament, God refused. David was a conqueror and a fearsome warrior. Since he had shed so much blood, he wasn't pure enough to build a temple. So the task fell to his son, King Solomon. Years after David's death, around 970 BCE, Solomon completed a grand temple on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Located in the same spot as the modern-day Temple Mount, he placed the Ark of the Covenant in a small chamber at the heart of the temple, known as the Holy of Holies. Finally, the Ark had the reverence and respect it demanded. Only the Israelite high priest could enter the Holy of Holies, and only one day each year on Yom Kippur. Accessing the Holy of Holies and approaching the Ark of the Covenant was a complex ritual. The high priest first bathed and put on ceremonial clothing. 
He then burned incense to shroud the ark in smoke and prevent himself from seeing it too closely. Once inside, the high priest sprinkled blood from a sacrificed animal onto the ark. In doing so, he atoned for his kingdom's sins. But outside of this annual ceremony, the Ark of the Covenant was locked away, hidden from the world. For the next 400 years, the Ark was the center of the Israelite faith, a direct connection to their all-powerful, fearsome God. At least, according to religious texts of the time, archaeological and academic evidence is a bit more scarce. Very little about biblical history is clear. In fact, there's no scholarly consensus on when the stories of the Ark of the Covenant were written, let alone their accuracy. Scribes likely penned them centuries, if not millennia, after they were said to take place. There are also no references to the Ark of the Covenant outside of the Bible, and there's no archaeological evidence that it existed. But regardless, one thing is certain. The Israelites who lived in the first millennium BCE believed in these stories. They thought that at the center of the Temple of Jerusalem, a powerful wood and gold chest contained the stone tablets that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai, and on them were the direct words of God. When it comes to the ancient Israelites' tales, modern scholars still don't know what's real and what's myth. But what is known for sure is that in 586 BCE, around 400 years after Solomon placed the Ark in the temple, Jerusalem came under attack. Coming up, the Ark goes missing. Now back to the story. In the 10th century BCE, King Solomon placed the Ark of the Covenant, the most sacred object of his people, in an inner sanctum of the most sacred temple in Jerusalem. Afterward, only the high priest could see it, and only one day each year. Now, there are multiple accounts of invaders robbing the temple during the four centuries after Solomon. These marauders included the Egyptian pharaoh Shishak in the 10th century, the Aramean leader Hazael in the 9th century, and the Assyrian king Sennacherib in the 8th century. But oddly, none of these stories mention the Ark, which means it wasn't there to begin with, or the raiders never found its hiding place. According to biblical texts, it was stored inside the Holy of Holies, but the Israelites could easily have moved it or hidden the Ark somewhere else at some point between 1000 and 600 BCE. Or, the Ark could have disappeared. But by the 6th century BCE, the ancient Israelites had more pressing issues than keeping tabs on the Ark of the Covenant. There was a new existential threat to their kingdom, the Babylonians. In 589 BCE, the Israelite kingdom of Judah was a vassal state under the control of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Led by King Nebuchadnezzar II, the civilization stretched from Egypt to modern-day Iraq. That year, the Israelite King Zedekiah revolted to gain independence from the Babylonians. In response, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem for nearly three years. 
In the late summer of 586 BCE, Nebuchadnezzar finally broke through the Israelite defenses. Babylonian soldiers sacked Jerusalem, deposed Zedekiah, and razed the city. Soldiers burned Jerusalem to the ground, massacred its citizens, and destroyed its beloved temple. According to the Hebrew Bible, Nebuchadnezzar's men stole the treasures of Solomon's temple before they destroyed it. Oddly, the stories don't mention whether the Babylonians found the Ark of the Covenant, and the Book of Ezra offers a relatively detailed list of Nebuchadnezzar's plunder. It included gold basins, bowls, knives, and vessels, but no ark. The Babylonians also took Israelites as prisoners, beginning a period of Jewish history known as the Babylonian Exile. During their captivity, the Jewish religion underwent major changes. The Torah and other writings became the center of their faith. Previously, sacrifices at the temple had been the focus. But without the Ark, which they assumed still sat inside the Holy of Holies, they adapted. During the Babylonian exile, Judaism transitioned from the tribal faith of the Israelites into what scholars might call a modern religion. Leaders wrote down its ancient oral traditions, and in doing so, clarified its theology and codified its laws. In 539 BCE, less than 50 years after the siege of Jerusalem, the Persian Empire conquered Babylon. The Persian leader Cyrus the Great allowed the exiled Jews to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. But the Israelites quickly found that the Ark wasn't in Jerusalem like they had believed. It had vanished forever. The mystery of the Ark of the Covenant's disappearance has fascinated scholars for over two millennia. For ancient historians and religious scholars, the focus of the search remains squarely on the Babylonian invasion. They believe that whatever happened to the Ark, whether it was destroyed, stolen, or hidden, the answer was linked to the sack of Jerusalem. Multiple religious books written after the Babylonian exile support this belief. They reference the Ark of the Covenant being present in Solomon's temple when Jerusalem fell. For example, in 2nd Esdras, written in about 70 CE, part of the Christian Apocrypha, meaning it's not a part of official Christian canon, but it was written around the same time. The text describes Jerusalem's fall, and it essentially says the Ark was lost to the Babylonians. Second Esdras likely reflected the beliefs of many Israelites of the time, that the Babylonians took the Ark as a spoil of war. But another similar text, Second Maccabees, makes an entirely different claim. It says a prophet called Jeremiah took the Ark of the Covenant out of the temple and hid it in a mountain cave. These two dueling theories make up the bulk of the speculation around the Ark of the Covenant's fate. Either the Babylonians stole it from the temple, or the Israelites hid it before the attack. Maimonides, one of the most influential Jewish scholars of the Middle Ages, believed in a variation of the hidden Ark theory. In the 12th century CE, he wrote that King Solomon warned the Israelites that Jerusalem would be destroyed. So they hid the Ark in a secret chamber deep below the temple, 
before the Babylonians arrived. Other rabbis were less optimistic and chose to believe the Babylonians took the powerful treasure. If this were the case, then over the years, the Ark would have been exposed to countless invading armies. At different times, the Persians, the Macedonians, the Romans, and the Muslims all ruled the area, meaning it could be anywhere. But some believe the Ark isn't lost at all. They think it's being held safely in Ethiopia. The suggestion stems from the 14th century Ethiopian history called the Kebra Nagast, which translates into English as Glory of the Kings. In the story, the ancient Ethiopian Queen of Sheba traveled to Jerusalem while the city was ruled by King Solomon. And while there, she gave birth to the king's son, Menelik. Many years later, Menelik returned to Jerusalem to meet his father, stole the Ark of the Covenant, and brought it back to Ethiopia. Menelik faced no wrath from God for this theft. No plagues beset his kingdom. Taking this as a sign that God wanted him to have it, he kept the Ark and used its powers to expand his empire. Eventually, Menelik placed the Ark inside a chapel in Aksum, a town in the Ethiopian highlands. According to legend, it has remained there ever since. Today, much like in the ancient Holy of Holies, the Ethiopian Ark is kept guarded by Ethiopian Orthodox monks. Only one ascetic, given the title of Keeper, is allowed to see it. Many modern archaeologists are skeptical about the authenticity of the Ark at Axum. One historian, Englishman Edward Uhlendorf, claimed to have visited the Ark while in Ethiopia during World War II. He determined that it was a medieval wooden replica, not the original. But Uhlendorf's dismissal hasn't changed the minds of the monks guarding the treasure. Today, they remain faithful to the Ark. So much so, they're willing to lay down their lives for it. In December 2020, a local militia attacked the chapel and the town of Aksum. Details are scarce about the perpetrators, but locals believe the militants wanted to steal the Ark of the Covenant. Priests barricaded themselves inside the church to protect it. As many as 800 people died in the ensuing attack. But the Ark remained safe inside. Thousands of years after its loss, the Ark of the Covenant is still a relic that people are willing to die and kill for. As an artifact, the alleged vessel for God's power and wrath is one of the most sought-after objects in the world, and almost every corner of the world has their own theory about the Ark's location, with rumors of it traveling as far south as Zimbabwe and as far west as Ireland. But a few archaeologists believe they know exactly where the Ark is. They just need to find a way to get to it. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with part two of the Ark of the Covenant. 
You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Jay Cohen, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Ryan Lee, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Connor Sampson. Fact-checking by Cara Mackerlane, and research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rosner.